Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode eight of Need More Buffs. This is part two of our episode with Bova and Mandy. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, which contain the deck list that we discuss, as well as contact information for our guests, you can find that at deliverycrab.com slash 008. It's deliverycrab.com slash 008. As for part two, as I said, we are diving in once again with Bova and Mandy, but this time we are focusing a bit more on Mandy, as this is the deck that she played with at PAX Unplugged, but we'll get into all the details in the show, so I hope you enjoy. So now I think this is going to be as good a time as any to kind of shift over and focus on Mandy a little bit. So Let's talk about me. <laughs> you've been waiting for it. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of your background? I, I Maybe it's very similar to Bova's. Maybe it's completely different. I don't know. I want to find out. All right. So um, I started probably like most kids of the late 80s, early 90s with uh, the Pokemon trading card game. Sure. Um, I didn't play a ton competitively, but I had all of the cards until I was forced to give them to my younger brothers. <laughs> um, and then I picked up Magic the Gathering um, in my, I think technically my 10th grade school year. So that would have been 2004, 2005. That would have been 2004. Um, at the time I had a core group of friends where there were like three girls, but then the rest of like seven of them were all guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and they all played and, um, sometimes girls can be catty. So I'd rather go and hang out with the guys and they were all playing. (laughs) Um, so they, I think when I, the very first time I played, um, it was just with one of like the pre-constructed decks that came from like target or Walmart. And, um, the my best friend at the time was like it'll be really funny if you play this game and i'm like why would it be funny if i play the game i'm like he's like oh because you're a girl and i'm like uh uh-uh, uh we're not going to do that no. yeah yep. <laughs> um so i i played um i got relatively good um we didn't really do a ton of competitive tournaments at that point because the town i was living in didn't really have a game shop to do it um and then i Graduated high school, went to college, didn't really play a ton in college um, just because I didn't have a group of people to do it. Um, And then I picked it back up um, after actually kind of bugging Bova to play with me for a while. (laughs) Um, And the only reason why he decided that we were going to play was because one of his friends from college played and was going to a card shop. And he's like, why don't we go and do this? So I was like, yeah, why don't we? Because I really want to. It was my idea that time. <laughs> yeah, it was his idea. So so long as things are his idea, it's fine. Um, and then we we started out in Limited, which is um, like the booster drafting format. Sure. Played that for probably five or six weeks until we had enough of the cards to be able to go and do some standard tournaments. Um, and... We, we did pretty well. Um, he did really well because he's got the better brain. Um, I tend to do better if I'm playing in a meta format that works really well with aggro decks. So, <laughs> because I don't have the attention span to play something like a control deck. Fair enough. Um, but that's basically, I, and I, I have played a little bit of Hearthstone. I tend to, um, to lose 
terribly to Bova in Hearthstone. I have a lot more cards in Hearthstone. He does have a lot more cards than me in Hearthstone, just because he's played a little longer. Um, so, like, I, I would play Hearthstone. I played through um, the campaigns. Are they campaigns? Sure. Sure, we're going to call them campaigns. <laughs> um, played through those just to get the base cards and played a little bit, um, but not to the extent that he has. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's kind of me in my background in a nutshell. That's good. That's good. So I know we we, we kind of covered this in the last episode a little bit, but if you want to give the folks out there a little taste of how you found out, out about Lightseekers then. Sure. Um, so... Uh, Bova and I went to PAX Unplugged. We'd been to PAX East a couple times, and um, we, when we found out that there was a PAX that was going to just be dedicated to the tabletop aspects, we were super excited. Um, because while we do play video games, um, having two little kids, it's a lot harder to actually play video games, so we find ourselves playing um, tabletop games, board games, card games, so, um, so things I, I, that... I have to ask, do you guys have a favorite board game at home? Okay, so that's like the hardest question that people have asked us today. Yeah, we have a wall of board games. We have games, an entire so. wall of board games. Um, and we both actually, when you asked the question, looked over at the board games and are desperately trying to figure out um, which one we like the best. Um, we've kickstarted a lot of board games. Um, okay. When we went to the first packs, our very first packs forever ago, um, we actually played Zombicide while it was on Kickstarter. Um, so we have probably the first four iterations of Zombicide with all of their Kickstarter promos. Um, kick, um, Zombicide is made by Cool Mini or Not, which we also have Chaos Ball, which is super, um, super fun. And then I think the easiest game that we play for our non-gamer board, our non-board gamer friends is K, oh my gosh, King of Tokyo, King of Tokyo um, <laughs> yeah. which is like a King of the Hill style game. Yep. Yep. Familiar um, with it. We do tend to go towards deck building games as well, just because of our background in trading card games. It would yes, make sense. Ascension, Ascension Dominion. Like yeah. yeah. Okay. So, sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll let you get back into uh, yeah how you found about out about Lightseekers. Yeah, sure. Um, so we went to PAX Unplugged. Um, we were actually not really there with friends, but we had some friends from PAX East that were there as well. And one of the guys was actually playing in the Star Wars Destiny tournament. And we hadn't heard from him for a very long time. We'd walked around the expo <laughs> hall. We went to the um, unpub room and played a couple games there. Um, and we're like, why don't we go and try to see where Randy is? <laughs> so we walk across the expo hall, go past the free-to-play area. Um, and as we're going towards the tournament area... We walk past this massive Lightseekers booth and like we walk right by a demo table and one of the Lightseekers, um, I guess, staff um, was just standing there and said, hey, do you want to play? And we're like, sure, we've got nothing better to do, really. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure it was Chino. I, I think it was Chino. Yeah, I Chino believe it, sat yeah. us down. They, 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 um, the, that whole staff was so good about pulling people in, which... Obviously, for a new game, is exactly what they needed to do. But they were they were always right there on top of it. It's anyone even just passing by, whether they slowed down or not. It's like, hey, you want to try it? Yeah, it was it was really awesome that they did that. And towards the end of the weekend, I actually started doing it with other people too, yep. like people that were watching the streaming happen. I'm like, it's a really cool game. Do you want to do a demo? I'll find someone to do one with you. <laughs> I think I did that with like six or seven people. So, <laughs> um. So we sat down, we played a demo game, and then 
I think 20 minutes after our demo game ended, there was um, a a sealed um, starter deck tournament mm-hmm. that they were just like a learn to play tournament. And we're like, why don't we, why don't we just jump in, see how it goes. And um, it was a ton of fun. And then we played after that, we played the booster draft tournament, which they were beta testing their booster for booster format. Um, and between the starter deck tournament and the booster draft tournament, um, we had so much fun with both of those that were like, we should play, um, in the Saturday tournament as well. So basically, long story short, we walked past at like 4.30 on Friday and then we never left. <laughs> that That's that's how it's supposed to be. Like, <laughs> I, I came there purposely for Lightseekers, obviously. And I'm like, okay, I, I was interested because like I said, I've been to other PAX events and I've always had to try to split my time between the board games and the video games. But... I'm like, okay, they have one just for board games. I'm going to get to spend some time with these board games. So I went there. I checked out the Lightseekers booth right away. Spent like an hour on Friday roaming around the rest of the show. And the entire time I'm thinking like, I just want to go back and play Lightseekers. <laughs> so I spent the rest of the weekend there as well. So I know yeah, that I feeling. I think the only thing that... The only time I was like, oh, I wish that I would have gotten to do a little bit more of this was playing more in the unpublished room sure. just because that was fun. But even then I was like, I mean, we could go and play test games for other people mm-hmm. or we could just go and play a game that's already finished and doesn't have some janky <laughs> rules. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. All right. So now we need to get into Mandy's deck. And as as we briefly mentioned in the last episode i believe that you were playing a tech deck right and this deck for you um did you play the same deck both saturday and sunday oh no okay (laughs) um we we had not major changes um i think the biggest change was on saturday i was playing zuna okay um and then sunday we changed the hero to impex um which might seem like a small change to some people, but it completely, for me at least, changed the entire play style of the deck. I would imagine, yeah. Um, and I actually had a slight existential breakdown Sunday when I was playtesting against <laughs> Bova, which I was playtesting against the least optimal deck to playtest against anyway. Sure. Um, so going into the Sunday tournament and losing, before even starting the Sunday tournament, losing seven games in a row um, made me like, why did I switch my hero? <laughs> Um, but the, the deck actually ran pretty well on Sunday. Um, and I really only lost games to Astral and then misplays with card on like misunderstandings just from not having the knowledge. Sure. Um, so the list that I'm going to go over, this is the Sunday list. Okay. Um, as I already said, Impex the Insane was my hero. Yep. Um, where did you write my combos? <laughs> there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was putting the kids to sleep and he was typing up the deck lists. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I had time clicker, smart bomb, nitro heal, and overwhelming blast for my combos. It should be You're one missing more one. in it's there. Four. Yep. <laughs> the, the, oh, what did you do? I missed the combo. You somewhere. missed a combo. Okay, minefield. Go to the minefield. 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 Yes. You missed minefield. I missed minefield. I minefield know. won me like four games. Blasphemy. <laughs> My bad. Um, all right. So, then going to attacks, I had Fumbling Alchemist, three Fumbling Alchemists, three Loopers, two Chronomoths, three Tyrax Mercenaries, and three Crazed Bombers. 
For my buffs, I had one Ramparts, two Regen Chambers, two Colossi Cannons, three Maniacal Machines, and then one Alchemy Lab. And then for my defense, I had two Warp Toads, two Fountain of Times, and two Tyrax Fixers. Oh, sorry, three Fountains of Time and two Tyrax Fixers. All right. So uh, could you remind me briefly, do you know where you finished in each of the tournaments? So I was top eight on Saturday. Okay. Um, I think after everything all broke down, I probably would have been fifth um, because I lost to Dratilus in top eight. Okay. Um, and then Sunday I ended, I believe, 10th. Um, but due to a series of unfortunate events, I, <laughs> I think that if I... The first game I played in on Sunday, I had a misunderstanding of a card and the person I was playing against also had the misunderstanding and I took his word for it instead of asking a judge. So let that be a lesson to you, all the new players out there. Um, if you're unsure, ask the judges about ask things judge. because you'll lose games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you take you take like 12 damage when you should have taken four. That's a yeah, big difference. So, so Nox and Assassin, um, it's a dread card where it says if a buff leaves play or when a buff is about to leave play take four damage yeah um the person i was playing against explained it to me that it was every buff that left play triggered the four damage sure um not the case boys and girls four damage is a lot different than 12 <laughs> so i in that game i cleared his board because i mean when you're playing dread with like when you're playing a, against a dread deck with a tech deck, you can't mm -hmm. let them have the buffs. I cleared the board. He was able to to ping me down because I had taken 12 damage that turn. Sure. Um, the only other deck that I lost to on Sunday was an astral deck, which I think we've established is a very <laughs> bad matchup on my deck. Yeah, and it's very it was... good against aggro. I think um, I think Chris and Benny were actually saying that the there's certain. Uh, orders that are supposed to supposed to kind of counter the other ones not fully but sure they're supposed to be stronger against each one i think astral was the one that was stronger against tech because it has a bunch of healing built in so that makes a lot of sense yeah but, and the the astral player that i that i lost against um in the sunday tournament he actually was in the top four um so i think that had i not lost against that dread player the first game um i probably would have top eight it again who knows if i would have gone further than sure. topic yeah it's hard to say especially when you have play mistakes like i do <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of curiosity did you two ever play each other in one of the tournaments not for light seekers um there's actually like a long-running joke that for magic tournaments for years and years we would always get paired up against each other in either the first or second round yeah it'd be like super <laughs> early and one time we were at like a big tournament <laughs> and i was like what are the chances yeah like but... hundreds of people and then we're paired against each other and yeah. we're just sitting there like what and I'm like, all right, so do I just scoop to him because he's better than me? Like, what do it's I like, do in this circumstance? We, we could have done this at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we have done this at home. Came all this way to play against each other. Yeah. All right. So taking a closer look at your deck, Mandy. Um, once again, like I said, I, 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 I kind of like to start with the combos and see, did you also kind of have your choice of all the cards out there or did you feel that you you were a lot of, some of these were forced in because of what you the the options that you had um so for the saturday tournament we were kind of more pigeonholed um in what cards we were able to use but for sunday because of um how we did on saturday with winning basically two and a half boxes 
um, we had access to pretty much every card that we would have wanted to have access to. Um, So we really, we chose them. um, And I say we, but Bova did a lot of the deck building. I had input. um, So together, like we chose them with, the best cards for the deck in mind. So the the combos in particular, like the the one that jumps out at me, especially when you tell me that you switched your hero from Zuna to Impex, is Time Flicker. Is that something you had in there on Saturday already? We did not have Time Flicker in on Saturday. And okay. one of the big things when we were playtesting Sunday morning, I didn't have enough card draw. And I was angry about that we actually didn't even um the first iteration of the deck before we play tested sunday morning didn't have the chronomoths in um and we play tested and i'm like this is not okay i need to have some sort of card draw because when you go from zuna which exactly a card draw hero um to impacts and not having that card draw card draw in a in an aggro deck isn't necessarily as important um as it is in like a tempo deck but not having it at all left me high and dry so we actually the time flicker was added in sunday um and that was in the first iteration of the deck but then we added in the chronomoth um as well just because the card draw was super important at that point yeah yeah that, I, I couldn't see your only card draw being coming from a combo that in all likelihood i think you're only going to be able to use once given the cards you have in this deck like you're never gonna you're not gonna be able to pick that time flicker back up no i can't pick it back up yeah okay so you, there are a couple of cards you mentioned a few times already, like the emergency system and stuff like that, that I, I don't see in here at all, which surprises me actually for a purely tech deck. Is, is there any reason for that? Like just didn't have room or did you feel it not, it, it didn't fit this style? Um, I mean, I think it, for really the style I was going for, and usually the style that I go for when I play in a new format or a new, um, like, so for Magic the Gathering, if it was a new set coming out, um, or, or if I'm picking up a new trading card game from Square One, um, I usually tend to go towards pure aggro decks mm-hmm. uh, and then build up into to tempo style decks later. So I, I felt like just having the cards that I had um, made me more, more aggressive. Um, and I'll let Bova talk a little bit too, because he did have a little bit more like brains and he's more analytical, whereas I'm like, I need to play test this to actually see if it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. So for emergency system, I mean, we have uh, the merc- three mercenaries or um, sorry, the fixers. We have the two fixers in there. Yep. So they um, they're going to be some of the healing uh, that she's going to need as well as like the regen chamber and ramparts to reduce damage uh, when with the emergency system with the crazed bomber doesn't work so well. Um, so we didn't want to like put that out and then not be able to remove buffs because we didn't want to completely waste a card. Very um, good point. Cause ideally you don't want to have buffs out with crazed bomber. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with maniacal machines and stuff like that, you know, those are the buffs you want to play around with um, the crazed bomber. And we, we wanted to just have the instant heals. Uh, so it's seven healing either way, because uh, you're not going to play the fixer really if you're not below 15 <laughs> health. So very true. Yeah, so that's why we avoided the uh, emergency system. Yeah, I really found, especially because I was playing the crazed bombers um, in any decks that I was playing against that were buff heavy. Um, I actually was shying away from playing my buffs unless I had the ability, like for maniacal machine, if I had um, 
the fountains of time in my hand, I could pair them together so that I could actually do a decent amount of damage really quickly. I wasn't really playing the buffs to have the buffs out there. I was more playing the buffs so that I could do explosive amounts of damage. And then if I needed to crazed bomber, it wouldn't be a, a detriment if I had to clear my board as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, your deck does, from the few tech decks I have gotten a chance to analyze, it has a lot more buffs than many that I've seen. A lot of them tend to go a lot more attack heavy, like, and start including a lot of unaligned cards, which I see you didn't do either. Did you even consider putting unaligned cards in this deck? Yeah, we had um, we had unaligned cards in the sideboard, which we actually didn't um, include inside of our deck lists. Mm-hmm. But um, the the frenzied creeble, um, where if you have three or less cards in your hand, it's increased by three, so it's three damage. But you'd only cast that when it's able to be six. Um, I had that. Did we have that in the Saturday deck, or did we take it out? We d- we didn't. We were going to put it in the Sunday deck, and then we swap those out for the chrono moss to get the more card draw rather than the extra damage um because we just want to get more cards uh, to cycle through the deck a little bit better so we took out the frenzy creeble um and then we just put the unaligned cards uh, for the other matchups um you know like the classy artifacts and things like that in the sideboard yeah and and my buffs like i said um i used them paired with fountain of time i had three fountain of time inside of it um so with Colossi Cannon, like with an aggro deck, you can eat the damage that it's going to deal to you and then you can turn it and just deal a ton. Same like with Maniacal Machine, you start off three damage and then you rotate it forward twice and they're in a world of hurt at that point. Or even better backward. Or even better backward, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very um, true. And yeah. so, and then I also had, because the couple times that we ran it, um, and it probably was because I was playtesting mainly against an astral deck, but I felt like I needed to have some of the regen chamber and ramparts in there um, to have a little bit more survivability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if he would have played a different deck, I'm not sure if regen chamber and ramparts would have made it into the deck list. Probably maybe a little like one in one, but not one in two. I would have probably taken three ramparts um, and probably taken out the regen chambers. Uh, so they're, they're much stronger with impacts because he's not doing damage to himself. Um, and then it's also doing damage to the opponent when they attack you. So when you're trying to burn them down, you're preserving your own life while doing damage, which I feel like is a little bit better in it pairs well with the alchemy lab too, um, doing two damage to them, which is nice as well. Yeah. Well, funny story. The Saturday deck actually had three ramparts and then we got the regen chambers and we're like, let's put these in the Sunday deck. (laughs) Um, so maybe that was, I wonder what would have happened. I don't know. You never know. I'm just going to have to go back and do another tournament to see what happens. (laughs) That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Yeah. So that was my next question though, is like, how effective did you find the regen chambers? Um, in some circumstances, they were really good. Um, but in others, I was like, this is... I think probably two or three times, actually, I crazed Bomber the, the regen chamber. Because <laughs> I'm like, ah, whatever. I don't really need this anymore. Um, I mean, it's nice to have out there. It's it's good for some recurring healing, so long as they don't take yeah. it off. Yeah, did, did you... Did you- when you did get them out there, did you see people trying to remove them immediately? Or they, they kind of let them sit? Um, I think one game I had, they, they let it sit for two turns. Um, but pretty much everyone else 
that I played against, even when I was playing after I, I got um, knocked out of the actual tournament, I played some casual games after the fact. I think a lot of people did try to take off those regen chambers, which, I mean, it's healing. Yeah, if, which... if they're using a card to take that card, you're fine with that um, all the time. Um because then they're not taking a maniacal machine or something that's actually doing damage to them. Yeah. And then the regen chamber, I mean, if you're healing for six, it's getting really good value out of it, which is three turns. So, it, you know, if they're removing it after two, um, you're still getting value because they're all removing it and you're healing for four. Um, so that's even better than them removing it the first turn. So I feel like that, that makes sense. Like, I yeah. didn't get to see it in action as much, but... You know, that that makes a lot of sense that it, it seems like it might have been a little better than I thought because I didn't actually see it in action. Yeah. Okay, th then the other buff I have a question about is the, the classic cannon. How often did you find that you actually, I, I'm assuming you used Fountain of Time with it quite a bit, but d did you make it around to that final corner? Um, Without using Fountain of Time? Either or. Um, so without using the fountain of time, absolutely not. Um, they would let it tick for three turns and then they would remove it. Sure. Um, with fountain of time, it won me my game probably three or four games out of all of the games I played over the weekend. Yeah, that, that's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. When you're able to do 11 and then follow it up with another six, that's pretty good. Yeah. And what explains why you have two of them in there, but yeah, that, I suppose the the damage against you. Did did you usually try to block that somehow, or you just let it happen? Um, it I usually well not usually, but I I tried to have it out with ramparts. Um, if I had ramparts with Colossal Cannon, it it was really nice because sure. then I didn't have to worry about it. Um, otherwise, I mean, when you're playing an aggro deck, you're racing. Mm -hmm. Um, you can let your health get down low so long as their health is down lower than yours is. Um, so eating eating the damage from Colossi Cannon, so long as you're still in the safe zone, which I tend to think is around 13 or 14, um, I wasn't worried at all. Fair enough, yeah. And then, I mean, even if you are at that 13, you got your fixer, so... Right. Hopefully that should be enough. Or the Nitro Heal if you're really in dire <laughs> also straits. true also true nitro heal actually saved me a couple games i was down at like five and i'm like um um nitro heal and then i came back two turns later and won the game so you also mentioned early on uh how how could you forget about the minefield you think that might be one of your favorite combos in this deck um so minefield wasn't in the saturday deck okay and when i had it in the sunday deck my, like, I, I think I touched on this a little bit. My typical style of play is I'll start with an aggro deck and then I'll, once I'm more comfortable with the cards and once I know what I'm doing, I kind of transition into a tempo style of play. Yeah. Um, and Minefield is kind of one of those cards where even though it's aggro, it kind of brings you more to tempo because it's a card that's out there and it's basically, haha, you can't hit me. <laughs> um, because if you do hit me, you're going to take six yourself. Yes. Yes. Um, and most of the buff removal is attacks too. Right. So even if they're taking it out, you're still doing, you know, the only damage. buff removal that I know of that isn't an attack is stupid thunderslug. <laughs> hate thunderslug. One of my favorites. No, you cannot say it's your, well, okay. You can say it's your favorite. You're a blue player. <laughs> <It's true>. um, <laughs> I could go on a rant about thunderslug, but I won't for the sake of time. Um, but minefield, I really, I liked it 
the way that it ran, especially on Sunday, because I was more familiar with the cards. I was more familiar with my deck. I think I, I don't I don't think that Minefield in by itself won me any games. Um, it slowed the people I was playing against down because when a minefield's out, they don't want to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I had that out there, I could do basically whatever I wanted until they had a way to either remove minefield or if they felt comfortable enough to actually attack me. Um, so I, I really liked the way that minefield ran. I don't know whether minefield is the best choice for this deck because this deck is trying to be pure aggro, but we've actually tweaked this deck since packs unplugged and slowly, but surely it's becoming more and more tempo. Um, which is like my typical yeah, progression. It's, it's, it's more of a different deck than anything I would say, but like, I feel like minefield, like she was saying is really good for swinging that. Like if you're against another tech player or someone else that's being really aggressive and you put that out, they have to stop and it gives you time to draw cards. It gives you time to get your burst in um, so you can finish them off. So I, I feel like that's, that's kind of the reason for having that in there um, is it, it'll just kind of pause it for a second. Like she was saying. Sure. And so y- you mentioned that you, you've already switched up this deck, but going back to the weekend of packs, like that weekend while you're playing, do you think, was there anything while you're playing? It's like, I wish I had more of this in my deck. Was there anything like that that you can think of? Every matchup was different, um, depending on what order that I was playing against and, and what um, the person I was playing against was really doing. Um, there were a couple times that I wanted more ramparts. Sure. But then there were a couple times that I was like, well, this person's leaving my regen chamber out. Do they even have buff removal? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think I liked the way that the deck played. I wish I had like four or five more slots within the deck, because if, if yeah. I could have 40 cards, then I probably would have three Chronomoths and three Alchemy Labs. And um, I mean, within the constraints of the 35 card deck and the five combos... I really feel like I liked the way that it ran okay. um, with the meta like evolving and everything as well, though, this would not be the deck that I would use in the next iteration of a tournament. Sure. Um, just because of wanting to be able to play a competitive deck against the most competitive decks. It's it makes sense. It's nice that you have uh, a, a very competitive deck to uh, practice with at home. In any case, uh, any last comments, thoughts, tips, tricks you would have for someone who might have, I mean, maybe not the exact same deck, but thinking about playing an aggro deck? I kind of touched on this earlier, but aggro is a race. Um, But with that being said, you can't be afraid to pause yourself and take a turn to draw. Um, Especially if you're running a deck that doesn't have a lot of card draw in it, so long as the person against you that you're playing against isn't doing super crazy things. Take the time to actually get cards in your hands so that you can try, let's say for example, you had a fountain of time, but you didn't have anything to actually play fountain of time with. If you just take a, a second to draw into a Colossi cannon or a maniacal machine, um, it's going to cause an, it, it's going to be a huge, huge difference in the style of play that you're playing. Um, so even though you're trying to do as much damage as quickly as possible, having the card advantage and actually taking a turn to draw isn't necessarily a bad thing to do. Fair enough. 
All right. I think that is a pretty good coverage of your deck today. Um, I want to take time to thank both of you once again for being on these episodes. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to talk light seekers, talk more about your decks in depth, where's the best place to get a hold of you? So, um, I'm at, uh, Bova the Seeker on Twitter. Um, and then Mandy is Seeker Life Saber. So L I F E S A B R E. Um, and then also, uh, we are starting a YouTube channel. Um, and we're going to start uploading some deck techs, uh, box openings, um, toy openings, things like that. Um, talk about some light seekers, uh, and that is going to be, uh, superior seekers on Twitter as well at superior seekers. And then also uh, on YouTube. And we're also, um, we're relatively active in the OLL, which I think you've covered a couple times. (laughs) It's true. Um, I've joined a lot of Facebook groups. Um, so I mean, if you post something about, uh, light seekers you might more than likely find one of us on <laughs> forum somewhere sounds good thank you both for being on and i'm sure i will be talking to you soon thanks Matt. definitely Appreciate thanks it. a big thank you once again to both bova and mandy for being on the show this week this is going to be the last of our packs unplugged coverage for a while but i want to make it official that i just decided this week i will be making an appearance at PAX South down in San Antonio, Texas. If anyone is going to be at that show, let me know. I'd love to hang out. Love to meet you. Also, if you would like to order some cards from Delivery Crab and you don't need them before that showtime, I am offering to deliver cards personally at the show, but I need you to have your orders in ahead of time. If you're interested in this offer, be sure to follow us on Twitter at delivery underscore crab. Send me a DM and we'll work out the details. And that's all we have for this week. It's time to go make some more deliveries. <laughs>